This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. I am a young, vibrant female trying to make it through the rays of life. Um, the ups and the downs, trying to figure it all out and trying to learn as much as I can before the time ends. Uh, and I think I'm here. Well, I think I'm still trying to figure out why I'm here. I think that the more I go along within the journey, I'll figure it out and hopefully I'll be able to achieve whatever that purpose is. Previously in Greater Boston. This is it. Proof that Powell was framed. He had nothing to do with any of it. We're letting that poor kid out. Tell the authorities the truth about your real involvement with the lottery. What of Isaiah Powell? He's innocent. After touching the ball, Michael grew completely overwhelmed with the amount of information he received from, well, from me. This week in Greater Boston, episode 27, Doors, Knocks, Keys, Locks. Isabel Powell was at home. Isabel Powell hadn't left home for weeks, standing in public protest of her nephew's wrongful arrest and protesting injustice against the disenfranchised in general. Good morning, people of Redline. This is Isabel Powell, your candidate for city mayor. And it's time for our morning chat. Her campaign continued full steam, but she campaigned right there, right from her own home. She made the media come to her. She issued her speeches from this spot, directly to everyone in the city, via the integrated intercom system. And today I'd like to talk to you about a little thing called justice. The community was behind her. The disenfranchised portions, anyway. The poor, the powerless, the historically neglected. They all saw a compatriot in Isabel. She had their votes. We have a funny way of thinking about justice in this country. We confuse justice with the law. We confuse justice with the act of punishment for transgressions against the law. And she was almost angry at herself for still caring about votes. Even now, while she still didn't have the one thing that was everything. While she still didn't have her nephew. Her Isaiah. But even so, she couldn't stop. Her campaign was bigger than she was. Her cause, bigger than just her nephew. That is not what justice is. And that should be so easy to see. Was it just that an escaped slave should be captured and returned to captivity? And whipped for his transgression against the law? The law said it was. The community cars shut down in quick succession. Homeowners locked their doors, hung free Isaiah signs in their windows. And let's be honest... 
community car dwellers hadn't exactly been thrilled about the parade of strangers through their homes in the first place. Is it just that someone born to rich parents should have the best medical care as reward for his skill in inheriting money? Is it just that a person working three jobs just to scratch together enough money for food and rent should never see a doctor because they haven't worked hard enough to earn their health? The law says it is. It didn't matter if they believed in Isaiah's innocence or not. They were just glad for the excuse to reclaim their privacy. Is it just that children should be exiled for the crimes of their parents? A crime of simply stepping across an imaginary line onto an expanse of land that we have stolen from the ancestors of those same children. The law says it is. She collected endorsements from civil liberties foundations, privacy foundations, the National Organization for Women, the NAACP. Money flowed into her campaign. Legality does not make an act just. Rightness makes an act just. That is what justice is. It is the act of moving our society towards what it properly ought to be. If we truly believe in justice, if we truly believe that Redline can be a just city, then we must keep that single brilliant truth at the center of our minds. And she directed all that money where it needed to go, to advertising. Subway posters, radio spots, direct mailings, even local TV commercials. And she did all of that from her home, in her rocking chair, next to her phone. Her old phone, the one that still had a handset that rested in a cradle. The one whose number only a handful of people know. Thank you for your time. I will speak to you again this afternoon, when I'll have a little something to share with you about prison reform. I'm Isabel Powell, and I'm your candidate for mayor of Redland. And as she did everything else, moved money, planned advertising, developed policy, met with supporters, spoke out to the people of Redline, she also, every minute, every second, consciously waited for that phone to ring. Finally. Isabel Powell speaking. Isabel, it's Isaiah. I mean, it, well, it's Charlotte. It's... Charlotte? I hope you understand that if I pick up my phone and hear your voice, there is only one sentence I'm interested in hearing. Isaiah's free. Isabel? Say that again. Isaiah's being released. We're still processing him out, all the paperwork, all that bullshit, but he's free. He's going home. On behalf of the entire city of Redline, I'd like to apologize to you and Isaiah, perhaps in person soon. You finally believe he's innocent. I always believed he was innocent. Didn't believe it hard enough, did you? I'm holding a press conference. They're putting it together now. I'll announce his release. I'll make it very clear that it's not just my belief anymore. We know he's innocent. Do you now? And what, pray tell, do you know now that you didn't know then? There's forensic evidence, fingerprints, linking all stages of the crime to a different suspect. Someone with no ties to Isaiah at all. Someone who wanted us to believe it was Isaiah. You know who did this? Who aimed this tragedy of injustice directly at my nephew? Well, we know the identity of the stooge at the bottom, the guy who did the legwork, but he was just the, um... The bullet. He's not the one who did the aiming. So who is? 
we don't know. Not yet, but we're going to find him. And that will make you feel better about all this? It's my job, that's all. Catching him is my job. For now, at least. Not for much longer, though. Unless you're rethinking that little announcement you made. No, I'm out of the race. That's done. All I've got left to do is announce my endorsement. I see. I'm endorsing you, Isabel. At this press conference, after I announce Isaiah's release, I'm announcing my official endorsement for you as mayor. Why? Why would you do that? Is that supposed to be some kind of apology? Am I supposed to forgive you? No, it's not an apology, and I don't want your forgiveness. But I do want Redline to be a better place, a better city. I'm not the person to do that. I couldn't see what Redline really needs, but you can. You've convinced me, Isabel. All of this has convinced me. You're the right person to be mayor of Redline. I want you to be mayor of Redline. Well, that's fine then. You'll do what you think is right, I suppose. You always do. Now may I ask you something else? You say you're supporting my campaign. But did you support my boycott? No, we did not. Since we're still acting as Redline officials, we thought it was best to use our rail home and offices to handle as many of the commuters as possible. Plus, Gemma needs to be able to respond to some emergency situations with her connection to the RLPD, so... I see. I see. How else can I support you? What else can I do? You're not asking me the question. What question? Will this stop now that Isaiah's released? My boycott. Do you assume it will? No. And although I'm not participating in it, I'm also not pressuring you to stop it. Charlotte. I've just had a thought. About? The intercom. What about it? I thought I was so clever getting access to that. And every day, feeling so pleased that you still hadn't figured out how I did that. That I was still getting away with it. Sure. I'm not so much getting away with that, am I? You could have cut me off at any time. Officially? No, we just never found the time to investigate that particular problem. Mm-hmm. But out of general curiosity, will you stop the shutdown now that Isaiah's free? I honestly don't know. Isn't that funny? I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. You have time to decide. For now, though, better get moving to Shaman. Trains are moving slow these days because, uh, you know. <laughs> I do. Good luck, Isabel. When they said he was getting out, Isaiah Powell thought they'd unlock his cell, escort him down the hall, up the stairs, and into the light of day. And that all did happen, slowly, ploddingly. That lady, the mayor's wife, had told him this was it. He was going free. As fast as we can make it happen. We're expediting this. And then she left to start the process, while he sat in a cage another three hours before anybody showed up with keys. And then there were the forms to sign, but not right away. He had to wait his turn, sit in an uncomfortable chair another two hours, 
until he finally got his chance to identify himself to officer desk jockey with mustard on his cheek. Yes, I'm Isaiah Powell. Yes, that's my correct phone number. Yes, I live in Dorchester. Then he had more paperwork to get his stuff. Everything he'd had on him when he was arrested. His real clothes. The stinking, unwashed laundry that had been sitting in a plastic bag for weeks. But whatever, he had a door open to him. And permission to walk through it. Don't even think about going out there. Why not? You got any idea what's happening on account of you? You step out onto that platform, that crowd is likely to tear you apart. Lindsay Coolidge said we gotta call someone to pick you up. We can escort you onto a train too and manage the crowd. After that, you're on your own. Isaiah needed his aunt, but he didn't have a train schedule. And his phone was dead after all those weeks locked in a box. The desk jockey took pity on him and loaned Isaiah a phone charger, then sat watching with hawk eyes, like Isaiah was desperate to steal the cheap-ass thing right there in the cop shop. He waited until he was at 14%. Then the desk jockey and another guard accompanied him on both sides. He felt like he was being marched back to his cell. But no, the guards walked him to the door to make his call. He could hear the yelling from the other side. On Izzy? Isaiah, baby, where are you? I'm here. I'm about to go out on the platform at Shaman. I'm out. Oh, I'm at Savin Hill, baby. I'll be there in two minutes. You're really out. Almost. They have me waiting for the train on account of all the protesters. They're going to guide me on, send me on our way. Well, you just sit tight. I'm past Fields Corner now. I'm almost there. Oh, I'm going to have to cook you dinner, something special. What have you been wishing for? No, I'm not looking to put you to work. I'm a... I'll just be happy to be home. It's not work, it's a celebration. What do you want? Milk gravy? I know you love my milk gravy. I can't say no to that. Biscuits and gravy. I'll start just as soon as I'm done hugging you. Oh, I see Salmon now. Oh, word. Let's go. Get the door. We're heading out now. I'm coming into the station. Baby, you're almost home. Back! 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 Get back! Other side of the yellow line, or I'm dragging you all back in with me. On Izzy! Right here, baby, over here! On Izzy! It's okay, I'm alright. Move your butt and get in here. Clear out the way! Make space! Come on! Come on, you damn door! My baby. I'm here. I'm here. Yes, you are, baby. You're here. You're back. Dear Particle Physics, I hope all is well with you and the family. 
I am just writing to see if you have any new information regarding the association I spoke about with Fox Fossil and 23 Skidoo when last they visited. As I have continued to meditate on the existential threat posed by the shadowy menace, my fears have only grown. It would ease my spirit to hear back on your own investigations and whether you have made any progress on covering the nature of our oppressors. Dipshit. Speaking of oppressors, my local oppressor is demanding my attention. I will write more anon. Hey, dipshit! Gemma? I got news for you. Get your ass off that cot. Let's talk. Unless you let Isaiah Powell go free, I can't see that we have anything to talk about. Oh. I did. It's done. He's out. Wait, really? Yep. Got all sorts of exculpatory evidence and an ID on a real culprit. Oh. Oh! That's wonderful! Thing is, this evidence also exonerates you. You weren't at any of the places you said you were. You didn't touch any of the crap related to this asinine plan. So that means... That means we haven't got you on terrorism, but we've still got you on aiding and abetting and on obstruction of justice. Oh, I guess... I guess I can't really deny any of that. You really can't. Well, still... I promised you the name once Powell was released. I will honor my word. Yeah, hold up on that. But don't you need... Is the name Philip West? Just yes or no? What? No. Good. Because that name isn't worth anything. We've already got that name, so it's no good as a bargaining chip. Bargaining? But if the name you have belongs to someone above Philip West, someone at the top of the food chain... Yes, I know who's behind all of it. His name- No, 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 shut, 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 shut the fuck up. Good. That's the information we need. That's the bargaining chip you're holding, and we want it. But what is it you want? Powell's out, and it has nothing to do with you. You gotta bargain for something else. Like what? I don't have anything. Don't be a dipshit, dipshit. What do you want? Right now, what would make you happy? Protecting my family. Not the answer I was expecting. They're being threatened by a developer. Eviction. Where? Brookline. Station? Town. Sorry. Out of my jurisdiction. What if it pertains to your investigation? Then you've got great motivation to tell me everything you know after we make our bargain. What bargain? I don't understand what I'm supposed to be asking for. Think more immediate. Right now, right here, for you personally, what would you like more than anything else? Well, I'd certainly like to not be in jail. Oh, really? You'd like that? Is that what you're demanding in exchange for the valuable information you can offer us? Uh, yes? Great. Sign this. What? Full immunity from prosecution for any crimes you've committed in relation to the activities you'll be informing us about. You'll be free to go. Just don't say anything until after you've signed it. Why would you do this? Dipshit. I really fucking hate you. You know that. The worst torture of my life was working with you. Likewise. But I don't want to see you in jail. I mean, you really put yourself in harm's way for some kid you don't even know. You offered yourself up just to make things right for him. 
whatever I may think of you, I have to respect that. And I can't let you go down for the one truly decent thing I've ever known you to do. That's the least insulting thing you've ever said to me. I'm touched. God is helping me. I actually mean that. Shut the fuck up and sign it. There. Excellent. Now sing, little birdie. Wait, I have to sing it? Was that in the contract I signed? Is this some sort of forced debasement? Humiliation as the currency of freedom? What? No. I mean, like... You know, like a stool pigeon? Or a snitch? Just tell me the guy's name. Oliver West. His name is Oliver West. Screwed over unexpected dead 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 It took some time, a day or two of Minesweeper while watching soap operas and game show reruns on Oliver's TV, but eventually Michael picked up the crystal ball again, and this time I prevented myself from getting overly excited. I concentrated on explaining the situation as clearly and concisely as I could, and we started to communicate, slowly, carefully. I gave him a fuller picture of events as I understood them, including insight into all I had witnessed in my spectral state. I even confessed to my reluctant involvement with Oliver's blackmailing attempts in order to keep Michael free from harm, a plan that Michael himself had unintentionally sabotaged. So, uh, if I hadn't volunteered to go up here, your plans to keep me safe would have worked? Possibly. But then... But then I wouldn't have found you! Yes, So it all worked out! It all worked out! And Nika! Oh, God. We have to help her. It, it, it all makes sense now. Why she acted the way she did. The way she was just... I don't know, she was just being weird! Michael, uh, I think you've been... I can't believe Oliver's been manipulating everything going on with the red line. We need to... We need to tell people we need to Michael are you okay of course I momentarily lost myself but I'm fine now where were we I was catching you up on everything you missed you should now be caught up yes the enormity of all that information is leaving me feeling a bit hazy how about a game of chess to settle my mind I'm not sure if that's... Come now. Surely you can't find fault in playing one game of chess. Besides, what else do we have to do? Isn't it preferable to fill the time with mind-clearing activities rather than wasting it, doing nothing? Michael, we've been talking for three hours. You haven't eaten. It's late. You need to sleep. Good old Leon. (laughs) Always looking out for me. One game? It's just good to hear your voice again. Okay. A quick game. Before bed. Excellent. I'll I'll be be black. black.
visited your school while you were gone. They were so glad to hear you were okay. Got a bunch of work for you to catch up on. At first, those college professors thought this was some kind of a pattern of behavior for you. Figured you were in the habit of up and ghosting all your classes. But once I filled them in on the particulars of the situation, they became much more agreeable. What's the matter, Isaiah? Did I overcook it? You know, it's funny how smart these professors are, but they barely know what's going on in cities right next to theirs. <laughs> Some of them didn't even know the octobacca happened, let alone anyone was arrested, let alone the person they arrested was, well, was you, one of their best students. I guess they got larger concerns in mind being so professorial and all that mess. You want some dessert? I've got an apple pie in the fridge. <laughs> Awfully quiet. Your daddy used to say, must be good, no one's talking. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you're lifting that fork like it's an anvil. Not that hungry. Come on now. I gotta believe that food is better than what you were getting served inside. <laughs> inside? Yeah, the food is better. What is it, baby? You can talk to me. Did something happen while you were in there? What are you gonna do now, Aunt Izzy? I'm going to tell you about the pumpkin pie ice cream in the freezer that goes along with that apple Please. pie. Please. I'm not talking about the food. What are you going to do about the boycott? Well, I don't know yet. We're changing up the campaign a little bit with a new focus and direction, and I... Uh, I expect you'll have mixed feelings about this, but... I hired Lindsay Coolidge's communications director, Melissa Weatherby. I, I know, I, I know. But I think you'll be impressed with her once you meet her. She's got some good ideas that don't stray from our mission, and... What is our mission? The community cars are locked down. What's next? The platforms? The stations? We... We can't barricade the entire city, Isaiah. Why can't we? I said, why can't we? I know you've been through a lot, and I'm no spring chicken, but my ears still work just fine. You're still not hearing me, though. You're angry. I know. I am, too. I always have been. I probably always will be. It's like the ocean. There are tides and waves. Sometimes it pulls at me. Sometimes it pushes. Sometimes it drowns me. Sometimes I can float on the surface just enough that it feels like I'm blessed. Like I can walk on water. But no matter what, calm as sea or raging storm, it's always there. And more often than not, it erodes at me. Slowly. Like an old beach stone. 
And that's not fair. That's not right. But that's what it is. You know, the whole time I was sitting in that cell, I could only think about getting home, about the things I was going to do once I was free, about not taking advantage. But as soon as I hit the platform today, saw the look in all those commuters' eyes, that's the one, that look said. Those two, this is their fault. Same looks on the day of the newsman's train wedding. I came to warn you and that Emily Bespin woman gave me that same look. Aimed those cops right at me. Looked me in the eye, pointed a finger and said, that one. Called me a terrorist, still calling me one. Calling you one too. Never said accused or, or suspected. Just straight to guilty. Like she thought she'd pulled the truth straight out of my heart. And then they've got their guns pointed at me. A half dozen, a dozen, I don't even know. All I saw was guns. And I thought, that was it. I thought, there's no way not one of these guys panics. Thought there was no way I wouldn't panic and cause them to panic. Not with all that chaos going on. But none of them did. Not that time. I don't know how I got that lucky. Some kind of miracle put me in that cell. And that Bespin woman, looking me in the eye the whole time with that look, I thought I was going to die. She was smiling at me. When I stepped onto the platform today, all those commuters giving me that same look, you know what I wished for? I wished I was back inside. I wish I was never released. No, don't say that. Yes. Baby, you just need a little time It's to... not about what I need, Aunt Izzy. Don't you see I did all this for you? I had to. I put everything on hold, but so... But that's the problem. You did it for me. You did this huge, rule-breaking, world-changing thing, but it was only ever just for me. I wasn't the only innocent black kid sitting in that jail. Getting those no-good looks on subway platforms for no good reason? You know that. And I won't be the last. But you were so focused on me, you let all the rest of it go. I heard you on the intercom, (laughs) having your little chats, and you spoke truth about justice. But you only ever said one name. My name. There are more names that need to be spoken for on Izzy. More kids rotting in jails who don't have aunts to shut down the city for them. You gave it all up. You sacrificed it all. For what? It can't be only about me. It can't. That's why we have to win, Isaiah. I can't help anyone else if we don't win. And you think shutting down an entire city for the sake of your stupid fucking nephew is the best way to win, huh? And what if we can't? What if there's no winning? What if we make all the sacrifices, do everything right and be good and proper, play by their rules and convince the people who hate us for no reason that we have no resentment about how horrible they are to us, and then we still lose? What then? Number one, do not curse at me like that again. You're right. Number two, to answer your question, if we lose, we go back to work. And we don't stop until things change. Okay. Say we eventually win. Then what? We change the system from the inside? 
When has that ever worked? Who has ever changed the system instead of getting changed by it? So if we lose, it's all useless. But if we win, it's all useless too. What do you suggest? We give up? Can't give up on a game we could never win on, Izzy. I'm telling you what you already know, but you insist on rolling the dice anyway. We can't play by their rules. Their rules don't work for people like us. Because they're always going to give us that look. They're always going to have an excuse. Whether you play nice or piss them off, we always lose. We're always going to be that one. So maybe the best answer is just to knock the board over and stop believing the rules might magically become fair if we simply pretend hard enough. Not much for a dramatic exit. Yeah. This is, uh... This is awkward. Planning on storming out of here, but... Well, you know. Train living cuts down on at least some of the drama. Gotta time door slamming just right. (laughs) I know you're angry with me. And I understand why now. But I wouldn't have done a damn thing differently. You're out. Maybe that's selfish. Maybe I'm naive, a fool. But you're out. I care about other things. I care about everything else, but not enough. And if that makes you hate me, then it comes with a big sacrifice. But it was still... Worth it. Where are you going? Gonna try to meet up with someone. A friend. I don't know yet. Maybe. I hope so. I'll talk to you soon, Anizzy. Thanks for the meal. Hello? Fox Fossil? Dippy, is that you? I didn't think you had a call coming today. Oh, okay. Hang on, uh, let me call everyone in. Just a second. No, no, Fox. Fox Fossil. Uh, yeah, Dippy, I'm here. Maybe, maybe don't call the others in just yet. I'd like to just talk to you for now. Sure, of course. Something, something good has happened. They've found evidence. They let Isaiah Powell go. Oh, well that's great, right? That's one you've been waiting for. Does that mean... It means I'm out. It was more complicated than I thought through, but I'm free. Oh my god! Oh, Dippy, that's huge! I can't believe... You're coming home now, right? Oh, I can't wait to see you! That's the best news! No, no, that's the thing. I don't think I'm ready to come home yet. What? I confess the truth. The, The actual truth, I mean, not the fake truth I gave them in my first confession. Well, that's good, right? You're free. You did what those people wanted. Yes, but not until after Isaiah was exonerated. I don't think they wanted that. I don't think the family is safe yet. I need to find out who they are and how to fight them. You can do that here. We can help you. But it's not just them. The media isn't done with me. I'm not going to jail, but I'm still part of the investigation. I'm still news. 
And the family has enough problems with oppressive mainstream patriarchal heteronormative monogamistic biases. The family can't afford for me to bring all that attention home. Especially not while this association is still a threat. You're still family. And, and family, family is, love. is love. Yes. I know. I want you to come home. I'm not asking what you want right now. I'm sorry, but I'm not. <sighs> Where will you go? I, I don't know yet. I guess I'll just wander the land for a while and trust that nature will provide. I don't like it. I know. Neither do I, but it's necessary. It's the right thing for me to do. Fox Fossil? Yeah. I love you. Oh, I know that, baby. I know. I love you, too. Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Andreessen, with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. In order of appearance, this episode featured Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Jessica Washington as Isabel Powell, Summer Unson as Charlotte Lindsay Coolidge, Lydia Anderson as Gemma Lindsay Coolidge, Mario De Rosa Jr. as Isaiah Powell, James Capobianco as Dipshit Paletti, James Oliva as Michael Tate, and Jake Del Rio as Fox Fossil. Also featuring Kenny Garcia as Redline Desk Jockey, with Bridge Green, Amanda McSweeney Guillen, Michelle Nicolaison, Paul Miscavige, and Jack Peavy House as Redline Protesters. Interviews recorded with Greater Boston residents. Charlie on the MTA is performed by Emily Peterson and Dirk Teedy. Reels by Adrian Howard, Emily Peterson, and Dirk Teedy. Child Grove by Adrian Howard and Dirk Teedy. Some sound effects and music used from public domain and creative Commons sources. Episode transcripts will be posted online at greaterbostonshow.com. Special thanks to our Greater Bostonian-level patron, Bridge, who also appeared in this episode and edits the fantastic audio drama Tides, which recently wrapped up their first season. Check it out. Do you have any notes or just run it again? We'll do it again. When you yell, imagine, like, you, how do you react when someone sneaks up on you and scares you? I swing. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the, into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenrir would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire! We're gonna be on fire, baby! And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.